This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Rubin. Hey, Suzanne. How are you doing? I'm really, I'm doing really, really well today. Oh, good. What's going on? Um, I actually, well, I have a bunch of questions for you, Mm -hmm. but the first one is, um... So I was at Neo Modern. I actually I got a picture printed and oh, it turned out beautifully. I'm so glad thank to hear you. That. It's nice to have, it's I gotta say it's nice to you think when you take a picture that it's gonna come out of your phone that good. You know? And, and <laughs> it, you, it didn't. It came out better per, when they helped me. It's, but. <laughs> it's nice to have an ex like you just can't escape that it's a person who's an expert at Photoshop or Lightroom is gonna make it sitting with you can make your picture look a lot better than it just comes out of your phone. And if you're gonna print it. It's nice to do that. So anyway, I'm it, glad you, I'm glad I you tried did, it. I did. I loved Yay. it. Um, but I also noticed there's beautiful photos on the walls and I understand those are your collection. They are. Or part of your collection. Can That's you true. Yeah. Tell me more this, uh, where <laughs> this collection came from. How did it come to be? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a, it's a big collection and, uh, super fortunate to have access to this, these pictures. Um, it's my family's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's my, and it's really my dad's, um, hobby. When I was, when I was, uh, born, I I grew up in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. And, um, that's the university of Florida is. And my parents became friends with, um, they actually, my babysitter, um, (laughs) my babysitter would always tell my parents that, oh, my son is a photographer and you should meet him. You guys would get along. And my parents were at the university and this Guy was a photographer at the university uh, art department, mm-hmm. and his name was Jerry Yulesman, and uh, he was a young guy, and my parents and he became friends, uh-huh. and his style of photography was um, in the darkroom, he would create multiple exposure. He would, he would take a single piece of paper and he'd move it between a multiplicity of easels oh, and put different images at different parts of the paper and put it together way before Photoshop. Yeah. He pioneered this kind of, he didn't invent it, but he really brought it to a new place. And he made these really surreal, kind of creepy, sort of sexy images. So my crib was in a room and these creepy pictures were on my <laughs> wall growing up. And my parents, and they were like $25 and they were friends. And my, yeah. my dad and my mom and dad would get all of his pictures that they liked. That's so cool. And so I grew up with that. And and in the 70s, as I'm a young buck, mm-hmm. um, luck, you know, photography was only, is a relatively new art form. Right. And so amazingly, a lot of the great masters of photography were alive in the 70s uh-huh. still they were getting old but they were yeah. alive and um Jerry Yulesman seemed to know them uh-huh. and introduced my parents to them and slowly uh my parents who would they meet artists and they would get some of their pictures and uh my parents were never uh the kind of people who would buy art because art was paintings and it's super expensive, but right. photography never felt like art. And it was more approachable? Or it's super was... affordable. It's just you could buy a photograph. This was in the days where, you know, if you wanted a picture, you just contact the artist and they would print you one. That's amazing. It was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. <laughs> and, and then eventually, you know, galleries would ca- have them and say, mm-hmm. we've got a bunch of these, Robert Franks or Ansel Adams or yeah. whatever. So, um, 
my parents started collecting this, these photographs over my lifetime. And so I grew up around these pictures. Our walls of our house were covered with these photographs. That's amazing. Um, a lot of them were like, uh, a lot of them were nudes. And I remember uh, my friends from high school would visit and they always liked hanging out. And In the like, hallway. It was so weird. <laughs> it was so but, and we had like a big picture of an ass on the wall by this French <laughs> photographer. Any, anyway. Were they so, all black and white? Um, they were not all black and white. But what did happen was over the course course of years, they started specializing first in sort of Czechoslovakian modernists, mm-hmm. which were um, these artists who lived in the 20s and 30s and 40s in Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, and that led to American... How did they get into that? Like, how, did, well, how my, was that I the niche? My dad had a friend who had a gallery, uh-huh. you know, and... Uh, and she introduced him to this work, and they uh-huh. brought it over from Europe, and and he liked it. And cool. And honestly, they they were not collectors; they just got stuff they liked. Yeah. And I think that the expression is you're you're a collector when you have more things that will fit on your wall, and they're starting to go <laughs> stack up somewhere. That's when it becomes a collection. Before that, is you're just decorating. Yeah. And so they decorated with photos, and then eventually they ran were, out of wall space. They ran out of wall collectors. space and started collecting them, and. Um, I wanted to be a photographer. I really did. And we had a dark room in our house. Mm-hmm. Jer- Jerry Olsman had helped my mom learn photography and set up the dark room. That and is amazing. It is pretty amazing. And he has gone on to become like a famous photographer. Yeah. But at the time, he was, I mean, he was still kind of famous. But I, all my photography, all that I did personally was in his style. I was, yeah. I never shot anything straight. I was just getting elements mm-hmm. that I would then look at and put together in the dark room. Did you work with him ever? Or were you, did uh, you apprentice with him? I, or? I consider him uh, uh, my mentor. Yeah. I don't know if he considered me his his <laughs> protege, but I certainly considered him my mentor, partly because uh, his style, and mm-hmm. I had all of this these works around me all the time, mm-hmm. and partly, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I love this stuff. He had a sense of humor, yeah. and it just cracked me up, you know, mm-hmm. and he, because the- In his photography and his in fo- real life? In both, yes. Okay. His photography was, you know, juxtapositions of these strange things, yeah. and in real life, he collected- hamburgers and cameras <laughs> and moose and like anything with, that was a camera or a flamingo wow. or angels. Hey, there were certain motifs he really liked. <laughs> so his house was covered in this stuff. And you should have seen his storage unit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of angels. So I loved like as a kid going over to his house and seeing all this this great stuff mm-hmm. and it was always really fun for me to mess around with and I just it was silly. Yeah. You know? Um, and he's a silly guy and so I, I really liked him. So he was Uncle Jerry forever. That's awesome. But my parents started amassing this these pile of photographs. And at first when I was young, my dad and I would like collect stamps together. Uh-huh. And I think as I got a little bit older, the stamps became bigger and sort of photographs. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to be a photographer, but my parents urged me to to go have a normal life and to not do this as a career. And they said that, you know, just take pictures because you love it and yeah. not as a job because you don't want to turn this into work. Yeah. And so I went a different direction and, and I had this awesome career with George Lucas and mm-hmm. Pixar and, you know, all these and Netflix and, yeah. you know, I've had a, a kind of a cool career, but it's all a good run. It's a good run. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> but through it all, I took pictures for the love of it, I would yeah. say. And, um, through all of this, I continued to help my dad with the collection, mm-hmm. organizing it. Um, the, one of the problems with the collection was that I had started with making an Excel spreadsheet and yeah. uh, had all the pictures in the collection in it. And 
Of course, if you're looking at photos by Ansel Adams, everything is called Yosemite right. or Redwoods, you know. And if you and if it's Harry Callahan, everything is Chicago and uh, Eleanor, his wife. That that's the title. Yeah. And so you needed to kind of describe it, and it was often often hard to describe these pictures. Yeah. And I was wrestling with it. And when digital photographs were first possible, I mm-hmm. wasn't thinking of it for photography. I was using the old Sony Mavica and stuff to try to document yeah. the images and put it into the spreadsheet. And it was super hard to do. And it didn't work, it didn't work until the iPhone came out. Really? And when that happened, I was born again. And suddenly I had a project. And I yeah. made a, a FileMaker database of the entire collection. Mm-hmm. And I went through... Every vacation for yeah. years, I would go home and I would unwrap pictures and open flat files and open portfolio cases, and I would photograph a picture, and then I would put it in the database and wrap it all back up. And um, at the end, like towards uh, 2015 or so, mm-hmm. there were approaching 4,000 images oh in the goodness. collection, all of largely mid-century modernism, yeah. you know? Um, so from Ansel Adams to Ouija. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and it took me years to document the entire thing. I don't think anyone had ever seen it. But in that process, doing it with my dad, there were things that he was into. Mm-hmm. And I would use, uh, I would tag the pictures with the terms that he felt were why he liked this. So he liked abstract or he liked nudes or he liked New York in the 20s. And so these became tags. And I love it. So I could go through the entire database and just search on abstract New York yeah. and pull up a bunch of pictures. And it was uh-huh. it was a great way to look through the collection. I, I love this. Do you uh, still use that same organizational system? Or I, have I you... do. I love. I, it's just amazing. But, but what happened was uh, my father passed away and mm-hmm. I finished the, the database creation about a month before he died. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy to have found every single picture and yeah. it matched them back up with the invoices going back 40 years. Like it oh was a, goodness, it was a major, wow. it was a major thing. And I loved doing it and just kind of see what he had. He'd, he had, some of these were just stacked up. Yeah. And I... A true collector. He was, he, by the end of his life, he was a true collector. So we donated maybe a, a, a thousand right away to different museums. The yeah. Harn Museum at the University of Florida got, you know, lots of Yulesmans and lots of Sebasto Salgados and, and so forth. And um, winnowed it down to about 2,500. Mm-hmm. And the 2,500 was tougher to decide how, how to manage them. Do you loan them to museums? Yeah, we do different things with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I brought my favorite ones to San Francisco, mm-hmm. which is kind of where it all started, to Neo Modern. And that's yeah. what you were seeing on the walls there. I, I've, I've handpicked a few hundred pictures to keep nearby. And it is amazing that those photos are on the wall. It is kind of neat. Well, you know, normally you'd have to go to the de Young or yeah. MoMA to see these yeah. things. But it was, you know, I've always felt that photography is very democratic. It wasn't ever supposed to be like high art. Right. It was just some. It's what people do and take pictures of their lives, and so I wanted to put them in a place where people could interact with them a lot more easily. And, uh, and my parent, my whole family has always been about education mm-hmm. uh, we've been, are all educators. We've all written books and teach classes on whatever the thing is that we do. And I know that he would have been very happy that we use them at Neo Modern to educate people about modernism. Yeah. And in fact, one of the reasons the business is called Neo Modern is that I feel that the, the world of modernism, which created a lot of the environment where a lot of these photos were created has been reconstituted here in this part of the 21st century where now everybody's got this great camera mm-hmm. and I'm really anticipating a renaissance 
in creative photography. People will get pat, they'll move through the sort of uh, documenting everything on right. Instagram, what they're eating, right. and um, and sort of the weirdness of taking pictures, billions of pictures, yeah. and start to like self-edit a little bit, take pictures a little more thoughtfully, mm-hmm. and be a little more creative. And I think it'll be a flourishing of, of neo-modern sort of thinking. But anyway, I would say that the pictures that are on the wall at, at, at Neo Modern, I've specifically chosen to represent um, the street photographers of Paris. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, I have other stuff, yeah. but the street photographers of Paris, which is um, Duaneau, Cartier-Bresson, mm-hmm. Elliot Erwitt, um, these photographers were just walking around with their cameras in the streets and taking pictures of people doing yeah. whatever. And I find that that photography is the most like what people do with their smartphones. Right. Just walking around, taking pictures of stuff. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to put up pictures that I thought would be specifically inspiring to people with those kinds of cameras, with that kind of life wandering around. Uh, we, I it's don't, very aspirational. It I is, mean, it, it's just cool to be like, you can look on one wall and see this, you know, Andre Bresson, and you're like, whoa. And then you turn on the other wall and you're like, and that's someone else's art. That's yeah. what someone else took. And that, um, it's, it's just, it's really cool to see the juxtaposition, but then also sort of feel that it's not, not this is going to be terrible, sacrilegious, not to say it's not that far away, but you're just like, I feel like, I feel like I can get closer to that. I, I, you should maybe be able not get to. there, but get closer. No, you can. In fact, at, at Neo Modern, we will put up pictures by customers. Yeah. If we if someone shoots something and we think it's great, you don't need to be famous. It doesn't need to be a body of work. It's like that's a great picture. Yeah. And we'll hang that up next to the Cartier Bresson. It's like it, that's appropriate. The 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 mid century modernist stuff that's on the walls is inspiring, mm-hmm. but you know it's unlike modern contemporary photography where. Um, you know, if you want to be a collected artist today, you need to have like an idea. You need to explore something visually. And I love contemporary photography. I mean, Todd Heido and, mm-hmm. and any any of the the great modern photographers. But they are doing something very different than what you are doing with your iPhone. Yeah. And Cartier-Bresson and Elliot Erwitt, those guys were more like you than they are like Todd Heido. They mm-hmm. were just walking around taking pictures and composing beautiful pictures on the fly Mm -hmm. and having fun doing it. And I think that that is the kind of photography that I like to embrace. Uh, Again, there's nothing wrong with with conceptual photography, but I I think that that it separates us. You know, we all have these cameras. I don't want to be separated from from the art of photography. I just want to take a great picture. And it doesn't have to hang in a museum, but I'd like it to be really good. (laughs) Are you still adding to the collection? You know, that's an interesting question. I Every now and then I see something that I really th- think I want to put in the collection. For the most part, I've stopped. Mm-hmm. There's just so many pictures. I, I can hardly handle what's there. <laughs> the idea of adding to it. If I, I told, have my hands if I told my, my family that I was get, adding to the collection, they would look at me like I was insane. Um, so on one hand, we're, we're, we try not to sell these works. I just right. want to show them to people. On the other hand, I'm trying not to build it up more. That being said, once in a blue moon, I'll see something. Something and it's like that is just amazing. I've always wanted that. For instance, when I was in, um, I was gonna say, what was the last? The one? last one I did because I went to as a kid. I was in Paris and I'd seen this Stieglitz photograph of Rodin mm-hmm. working in his studio. And I, as a kid, I got a postcard at the Rodin Museum mm-hmm. of 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 him working. Yeah, and 
I had it. I've had it on my bulletin board since I was in, you know, since a kid, right? Uh-huh. I've lugged this postcard around, and sometimes <laughs> like that you're lugging a postcard. Well, okay, it wasn't a lot. Of, it wasn't a lot of work. I'm making it sound like it was a lot of work. You're very strong. <laughs> but I saw. I I realized a couple of years back that you know what? I bet that picture exists somewhere, and I could find it. Yeah. And I set out to find it, and I did. Wow. And, and I got it, and it's on the wall in the hall here. That is so cool. And it makes me really happy. And it's nice. I I later learned that he, it was actually. Uh, two negatives sort of sandwiched together. He made a multiple exposure really? to get this sort of portrait of Rodin and the thinker behind it because he had just made the thinker. Oh, wow. And, and he, so it's not just a sort of old image, but it's also an early kind of special effect. Yeah. And that really appealed to me for yeah. lots of reasons that yeah. I described here. So I'll, I'll show it to you when we're done shooting or that, recording. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it, it can help if it can help regular people get better at their photography just by looking at these. Yeah. I mean, I'd never taken a photo class. I've just looked at all of these pictures my whole life, and I see things kind of in that way. It's not good or bad, but it makes for a certain kind of photography that people seem to like. So I, I'm of the belief that if you just look at a lot of pictures, um, it will help a lot. It, it will teach you kind of a language of what things have been done, what rules can be broken, what works, what doesn't, what resonates. Yeah. I mean, that's how the old masters learned, right? The old painters, they, you, you copy the other masters paintings until you find your own style. Yeah. So that, so let's go look at some of those pictures and yeah, as a good project is like, try copy, like pick someone you like and see if you can do things like that. Oh, that's such a fun idea. Pick a pick famous image and try to recreate it in your own image, you know, in yeah. your own way. Yeah. If I, I was talking to earlier today about the Arnold Newman portrait of Igor Stravinsky, mm-hmm. an amazing photograph. You're not going to have Igor Stravinsky sitting there, or right. maybe even a piano. But you can look at what is great about that and maybe try your yeah, own version of it. Yeah, how graphic it is, how yeah. bold it is. Yeah, and the cropping. Like, yeah, the cropping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's try that. Okay. Sounds great. All Thanks, right. Ruben. All right. Talk to you later.